Chapter Eighteen of the Actress in High Life: An Episode in Winter Quarters by Sue Pettigrew Bowen. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Eighteen. Here, on the clear, cold Esla's breezy side, my hand amidst her ringlets wont to rove. She preferred now the lock, and now denied, with all the baby playfulness of love. Here, the false maid, with many an artful tear made me each rising thought of doubt discover and vowed and wept till hope had ceased to fear ah me beguiling like a child her lover southey from the spanish lord strathern's anger was not unlike a thunderstorm violent and loud but not very lasting it had spent its worst fury last night but lady mabel still heard the occasional rumbling of the thunder in the morning while seated with her father at an unusually early breakfast for he had before him no short day's journey over the rough country between elvis and alcantara sleep may have dulled the edge of his anger against lil but he had not forgotten or forgiven him as he kissed his daughter before he mounted his horse for she had followed him into the court he said do not forget that fellow lil mabel keep him here and make a fool of him and i will expose and laugh at him to-morrow in alcantara now lady mabel had forgotten neither lil nor his offences she was indignant at his presumptuous censure of her father as unjust and disrespectful to him and showing too little consideration for herself in short it was as colonel bradshaw had insinuated an indignity to the whole house of steward of strathern it must be resented yet she could not resolve to turn her back upon him and discard him altogether as she was pledged to do as one alternative she thought it a far fitter punishment to compel him to keep his appointment with her and make sir roland wait fretting and fuming over the intelligence he longed for and which lil alone could give him she revelled in the idea of making lil turn his back on military duty to obey her behest Quote, how she would make him fawn and beg and seek and wait the season and observe the times and spend his prodigal wit in bootless rhymes but then lil was so punctilious on points of duty and major conway had been so confident that she could not detain him in elvis that she begun to doubt it herself and resolved to spare no pains to gain her end so she at once sat down and penned an artful note then calling for her fine footman dispatched him with it to lil's quarters after schooling him well that he was to give it to the colonel's own man with strict injunctions to put it in his master's hand on his return if possible before his foot was out of the stirrup certainly before he got any other letter awaiting him meanwhile lil was zealously fulfilling his mission at badajos he had made such good speed the evening before that though the sun had set on him in elvis some lingering rays of twilight still fell on the round moorish tower of white marble on either hand as he entered the bridge-gate of badajos no sooner had he alighted at the posada than he wrote a note and sent it to the governor of the place saying that having just come back from andalusia whither he had been sent on an important mission by sir roland hill and not doubting that the spanish dignitary would be glad of news from that province he would wait on him at breakfast next morning this done and learning that many of the spanish officers were to be found at another posada he hastened thither soon meeting acquaintances and making more among them he knew well how to approach the spaniard mingling the utmost consideration with his frank address and taking pains to make himself agreeable even to that puppy don alonso melendez whom he found among them many of them were at cards and the dice were not idle lille soon found a place among the gamesters and took care to lose a few pieces to more than one of his new friends a thing easily done they being in high practice and he little skilled in these arts 
having thus made himself one of them he like a true englishman set to drinking contrived to get about him some of the graver and less busy of the gentlemen present and while discussing with them the best wine the house afforded he adroitly turned the conversation to the topics on which he sought information he did not go to bed at a late hour without having learned much as to the garrison of badajoz and of the new precautions taken for the safety of this important fortress early in the morning lille called on the governor and found him in his dressing-gown just ready for his chocolate the don was well pleased to hear lille's account of the force coming up from andalusia of his interviews with officers high in command in it and his comments on the spirit activity and endurance of the spanish soldier this led to further conversation in which lille while sipping chocolate with the spaniard took occasion to abuse the french roundly which was agreeable enough to his host but he quite won his heart by the unfeigned contempt and abhorrence he expressed for the afrancesados lille soon found that in spite of his unsoldierly undress the don was a sturdy old fellow who chafed at being shut up in a garrison surrounded by defensive walls and moats he longed to take the field and become the assailant i trust we will all be in the field shortly said lille echoing his sentiment but we have wily foes to deal with all their great successes have been won by surprise aided by traitors among us they are now evidently anxious to anticipate us and if we delay long there is no knowing where the first blow may fall i wonder said he with a puzzled look why they keep so large a force at trujillo and have such strong detachments foraging on this side of the mountains of toledo a few marches may unite them near us do you suppose that they are thinking of badajoz asked the spaniard looking as if lille had seized him by the shoulders and roughly waked him up marshal soult has an eye this way and would give more than his little finger to have it again said lille for nothing would cramp our movements more than the loss of it they have now indeed little chance of success we know he added bowing to the governor but may think it worth trying their leaders think nothing of risking the loss of a thousand men or so on the slenderest chance of a great prize the conscription fills up all these gaps no doubt no doubt but we will watch the rascals closely said the governor i dare say said lille laughing you have a spy or two in trujillo besides the lynx-eyed keen-eared scouts who keep on the roads and in the villages around you we get intelligence we get intelligence said the spaniard evasively but as the french are now moving it will be well to bestir ourselves to find out what they are at these and other hints that lille threw out not as advice but inquiries and chance suggestions being mingled with deferential attention to all the spaniard had to say neither startled his vanity nor chafed his pride he was pleased with lille talked frankly to him and presented him ceremoniously to his officers who now began to wait upon him when lille was about to take his leave he urged him to return to dinner and charged a favourite officer to show lille everything he wished to see in badajoz that he might be enabled to report the condition of this stronghold to sir roland hill i must communicate with sir roland so speedily said lille that i must be content with the pleasure of having breakfasted with your excellency and with marked respect he took leave of the governor and his suite having been treated in diplomatic phrase with distinguished consideration indeed had sir roland seen and heard him during his audience he would have patted him on the back and thanked his stars for giving him so able and adroit an ambassador were it possible to become wise by the wisdom of another badajoz would have had a watchful governor prolonged watching is no easy task but lille knew that if the spaniard could be roused to a week of vigilance the urgent need of it would be over 
he spent an industrious morning making himself agreeable to his companion while inspecting the resources of the place and the day was well worn away when his guide and escort took leave of him at the posada his business here finished he wished to leave badajos at once and on looking for his groom found him ensconced in the kitchen providently dining on a rabbit stuffed with olives and draining a bottle of wine baptized val de peñas addressing the landlord's tawny daughter with a flattering air and smacking his lips approvingly after each mouthful whether solid or fluid while he abused both food and wine in emphatic english throwing in many back-handed compliments to the lady's beauty and she stood simpering by construing his words by his manner on seeing his master enter hastily tom who had laid in all the wine and most of the food set before him got up respectfully to receive his orders while with a full mouth he mumbled out prayer and provender hinder no man's journey you abridge the proverb in practice said lille leaving out the prayer to gain time to take care of the provender then sitting down at the table he took out a paper and began to note down what he had observed in badajos there is nothing very tempting here said he presently glancing his eye over tom's scanty leavings but a luncheon will not be amiss so i will take what i can find while you saddle the horses it was late in the day when lil left badajos but instead of posting back to elvis as he had come from it he rode slowly on sometimes lost in thought at times gazing on the scene around him many objects along the road brought vividly back to him the incidents of that pleasant excursion so lately taken in company with lady mabel here she had turned her horse aside for a moment to pluck some blossoms from this carob tree which stands alone on the sandy plain around it here on the bank of the cayo was the spot where she had pressed so close up to him for protection in the dark on the first alarm of danger before them there stood the old watch-tower which they had examined together with interest speculating on its history lost in bygone ages crossing the stream here further on were the prints of her horse's hoofs on the steep pebbly bank as she had turned suddenly from the road to ride up to the mysterious old ruin were these pleasant days over lil knew that lord strathern had taken violent perhaps lasting offence at his strictures and he himself was too indignant at the summary way in which his commander had cut short his protest and dismissed him and the subject for him to make any conciliatory advances knowing too lady mabel's devotion to her father and her tenacity where his character and dignity were concerned there was no saying how much she might resent lil's offence when it came to her knowledge he could hardly just now at least frequent headquarters on his former footing he was so much engrossed by these unpleasant thoughts that it was in vain officious tom several times rode up close upon him making his own horse curvet and caper hoping to attract his master's attention and remind him that he was loitering on the road long after his dinner hour lil went on at a foot-pace up the hill of elvis until from a neighbouring hedge a nightingale for whose ditty the hours of darkness were too short began his plaintive song many a time had lil paused to listen to such minstrelsy but now his ear or something else was out of tune Quote, except i be with sylvia in the night there is no music in the nightingale End quote. rousing himself he cantered through the gate and hastened to his quarters now it was some time since lil's servants had picked up the notion that in no way could they please him half so well as by obeying the slightest hint from lady mabel so his man came promptly out armed with her note and thrust it into his hand before he had left the saddle entering his quarters hastily he broke it open and read it with infinite satisfaction lady mabel sends her compliments to colonel lil she has a presentment that her pleasant sojourn in elvis draws to its end 
like mrs shortridge she is ambitious to leave among her portuguese friends the most favorable recollection of herself so to-night she will spare no pains but will dress look sing and act her best and be as agreeable as she can to the natives at mrs shortridge's house she relies confidently on colonel lille's attending her as interpreter and saying a thousand witty and pleasant things in her name this too may be her last opportunity of thanking him for the many many delightful excursions enjoyed under his guidance and protection she may never repeat but can never forget them this note relieved lille of a load of anxiety it was plain that lawrence strathern had gotten over his anger and meant to have no quarrel with him or more gratifying still would not have the whole house of strathern involved in it and so had given no hint of it to his daughter it was too the first note he had ever received from lady mabel and sportive as its tone was in the beginning there was something of feeling and even sadness in its close lille well knew while lady mabel had only chosen to assume it that the time for leaving elvis was indeed at hand yet a few days and a few things were more uncertain than his again meeting lady mabel on this side of the grave a few golden hours had yet to fleet by who would throw away a happiness because it is fleeting lille had sunk into a delightful reverie anticipating the pleasures of the evening when his man of method laid before him the despatch from his other correspondent sir roland hill he read it hastily and angrily threw it on the floor he thought himself an ill-used man be in alicantara by ten to-morrow i will do no such thing i have been in the saddle for weeks my horses are worn out he chose to forget a fresh horse in the stable up late last night and worried all day about affairs over which i have no control and fellows who will fail us at need sir roland must wait till dinner-time to-morrow for news of these dilatory spaniards if he has to deal much more with them it will be a useful lesson to learn to wait he now went to his chamber to dress in order to attend lady mabel when he returned to his parlour seeing sir roland's insulted despatch still lying on the floor he condescended to pick it up and stow it away in his pocket with his notes on the state of the andalusian reserve and the garrison of badajoz and then rode off in the happiest mood to headquarters but when he dismounted there his conscience pricked him an ambitious soldier zealous in the cause for which he fought he not long since would have felt one moment's forgetfulness or the slightest neglect of the service to be treason against his own nature he now turned back from the door to bid the groom leave his own horse in elvis and take the fresh horse on to the little town of albuquerque and expect him at the posado there before the dawn of day having by this provision for riding-post quieted the compunctious visitings of conscience he entered the house lady mabel kept him waiting some time purposely for delay was now her policy soon however he heard her talking in the next room and the abrupt and crabbed tones of the voice which answered her betrayed moody in one of his objecting and protesting moods lady mabel was giving sundry injunctions to an unwilling agent at length the old scotch grieve like one of his own ill-conditioned steers would neither lead nor drive for when she bid him to put the clock back an hour he flatly refused calling it acting a lie as the wily gibeonites did to joshua or as jacob and rebecca did to blind old isaac lady mabel suggested but even the example of the patriarch could not move him and lady mabel had to make time move backward with her own hand at length she entered the room radiant with beauty and with smiles for moody's obstinacy had not ruffled her in the least she was so sorry to have kept colonel lille waiting and so much afraid he would have to wait a while longer as the old lisbon coach and the mules with their harness were not put together so speedily as the london turnout of a fashionable lady 
i am to blame she continued for not having looked to it before for antonio lobo my impromptu postilion is less skilled in the management of my vehicle than of the olive-trees among which he has lived until he has taken the colour of their ripe fruit to fill up the time she now asked lil's opinion of her dress seeing him eye it with some surprise turning gracefully about and showing it off to him from different points of view she told him that as a last compliment to her elvis friends she had for once adopted their costume improved upon it rather said lil for she had not closely followed the local costume where it did not please her then running on from one lively topic to another she amused lil so successfully that he felt it to be an interruption when the footman came in to say that the coach was ready after depositing her guitar in state on a pile of music on the front seat lil at length found himself beside lady mabel in this venerable vehicle long used to bear a noble burden having belonged to a portuguese marquis who on the first approach of juno's invading horde had run off to brazil leaving his coach his estate his country and perhaps his honour behind him slow and dignified as became its character was its progress up the hill of elvis for one pair of the team of mules which had brought it from lisbon had returned to their duty in the quartermaster's department and their comrades left to their own unaided efforts found the coach almost as hard to handle as a nine-pounder but in the dove-like billing and cooing humour in which lil was time flew on the wings of the carrier pigeon and they arrived at mrs shortridge's house too soon for him though all the guests but themselves were there already two or three score of portuguese most of them ladies and nearly as many english officers filled the rooms some of these gentlemen looked surprised at seeing lil thinking he had already left elvis lieutenant goring who was showing off his tall lithe person and dragoon uniform to the best advantage beside his short and sturdy friend captain hatton seemed annoyed at lil's presence and hatton shared his feelings lil stood in the way of their paying court to lady mabel and goring at least had reckoned on his absence i had hoped said he that we were rid of the colonel for once he is an abominable monopolist he is so said hatton for lady mabel's smiles belong to the brigade and the light dragoons quartered with it interjected goring but here he is basking in the sunshine and keeping us shivering in the shade when he ought to be on the road to alcantara sir roland is expecting him major conway seemed quite anxious that he should be there betimes in the morning and doubtless had some good reason for it why do you not give him a hint asked hatton perhaps he has forgotten it he is your colonel and the hint would come better from you thank you said hatton but in our regiment it is contrary to the etiquette to hint to the colonel that he is neglecting his duty but it seems said goring that the rule does not apply to the brigade the major tells me that lil has freely censured my lord's remissness and urged him to enforce more stringent discipline how did my lord take it like a slap in the face answered goring at least he treated it as a great piece of presumption and lil was thoroughly angered at the rough answer he got indeed conway thinks that there is nothing but ill blood between them that does not look much like it said hatton glancing at lady mabel with lil at her elbow let us go and beat about the bushes we may start something worth chasing the two friends looking like a greyhound and a bull-terrier coupled together proceeded to hunt and couple by thrusting themselves into the cluster of gentlemen around lady mabel hatton with a little start of admiring surprise praised the taste displayed in her dress regretted her being so late in adopting it it so became her 
he looked round appealing to the bystanders all of whom assented to his opinion except the discriminating goring who asserted that it was not the costume which became lady mabel but lady mabel who set off the costume and he carried the popular voice with him no head looked so well under a turk's turban as a christian's he continued and no native could show off the national dress here like a genuine english beauty lady mabel had learned to listen complacently to the broadest language of admiration there were handsome women present for elvis could boast its share of beauty but none to rival hers the more conspicuous too from being loveliness of a different type and not likely to be overlooked among the dumpy portuguese ladies few indeed of whom equalled her in height lady mabel would have been no woman had she not enjoyed the admiration she excited but she remembered the business of the night when goring bowing to lil spoke of the unexpected pleasure of seeing him there at once interrupting him she exclaimed it is probably the last time we shall have the pleasure of meeting our friends of elvis so i at least have come to devote myself exclusively to them do colonel lil take pity on a dumb woman and lend me a portuguese tongue and gliding off among a party of the natives present she entered into conversation with them calling continually on lil to interlard her complimentary scraps with more copious and better turned periods mrs shortridge too kept her interpreter the commissary close at her elbow and the quantity of uncurrent portuguese she made him utter to her guests in the course of the night amounted to a wholesale issue of the counterfeit coin of that tongue from the assiduity of both ladies in courting the natives one might have thought that they meant to settle at elvis or that they were rival candidates canvassing the borough for votes it was a young and gay party assembled here and mrs shortridge's floor was soon covered with dancers in private houses the national dances are often executed in a modified and less demonstrative style at least early in the evening than elsewhere still the dancing in elvis and badajoz were near neighbors to each other but a change had come over mrs shortridge and now she made no protest and saw little impropriety in displays which she had denounced a few days ago fashion is the religion of half the world the mode makes the morals and what it sanctions cannot be wrong the commissary not so easy a convert sneeringly remarked that the exhibition was very suitable to ballet dancers and such folk plainly classing most of his guests in that category while lady mabel with barefaced hypocrisy glided about among her foreign friends lamenting that her english clumsiness cut her off from taking her part in a diversion and in the displays of grace and feeling which she said with double meaning were unbecoming any but women of the latin races the night was hot and dancing made it hotter so mrs shortridge called upon lady mabel to fill up the interval of rest and gratify the expectations of their friends with some of her choicest songs but yesterday so large an audience would have abashed her now she scarcely saw the throng around her in her eagerness to gain her end by prolonging the amusements of the night she sent lil for her guitar made him turn over her music never releasing him for a moment while she sung no italian french or english songs but some of those native and cherished requidillas the airs and words of which find here so ready an access to all hearts and she executed them with a skill melody and pathos that flattered and charmed the portuguese the guitar though the cherished friend of serenading lovers of the old spanish school was truly but a poor accompaniment to such a voice but lil saw that like the harp it had the merit of displaying to advantage the roundest fairest and most beautifully turned arms he had ever gazed upon the dancers were again upon the floor the night sped on and lady mabel made free use of her interpreter in ingratiating herself with the portuguese 
lil true to his pledge taxed his powers to the utmost to be witty and agreeable in her name at times a little overdoing his part thus at supper when an elaborate compliment to dona carlotta seguiera drew a reply as if it had originated with himself he stripped it of part of its merit by saying that he was merely the mouthpiece of lady mabel's sentiments when dona carlotta expressed her surprise that lady mabel's short english sentence should make so long a speech in portuguese he explained it by lady mabel's peculiar faculty of uttering a volume in three words supper and the dance that followed were over mrs shortridge's great night drew to a close and many of the company asked for one more melody from the sweet songstress before they dispersed while turning over her music lady mabel seemed to hesitate in her choice and lil thought that her hand trembled as she selected a sheet as the fruit of his musical gleanings in the peninsula major lumley had lately sent her a parcel of old spanish songs among which she had found a little piece a mere fragment but exquisitely touching in melody and sentiment her father had been much taken with it but no one else had heard it from her lips like a volatile perfume that escapes in the attempt to pour it from one vessel to another such things defy translation how too lady mabel gave it vocal life may be imagined not described she sang it with a truthfulness of feeling that seemed to grow with each succeeding line for the mere words we can only find this slender version for the english ear in joyous hall now thronged with young and fair your roving eye marks every beauty here i harbor not one doubt or jealous fear constant your heart it beats for me alone in woodland glade when armed for sylvan moor you mark the antlered monarch from afar your sportive toil cannot my pleasure mar constant your heart it beats for me alone in summer night gazing on starry sky and on yon radiant queen who rides on high your fancy seems to roam yet hovers nigh constant your heart it beats for me alone but hark yon trump you start us from a dream from your bright eyes the warrior flashes gleam all else forgotten war is now your theme constant my heart it beats for you alone midst charging hosts the foremost rank is thine in saddened bower the thrilling fear is mine you glow with ardor i in sorrow pine constant my heart it beats for you alone could lil's vanity be beguiling him the tremor of her voice her saddened troubled look the beaming glances of her eyes which hovered about him yet shunned to meet his gaze they all betrayed her she was perhaps half consciously identifying him with the object of the song her audience were delighted but lil was entranced and no longer a responsible man the guests were now fast leaving the house and lady mabel having much to say to mrs shortridge was among the last lil attended her downstairs and was about to hand her into the old coach when she drew back timidly how dark it is with that cloud over the moon i am afraid antonio lobo is scarce postilion enough to drive down that steep rough road without accident lil instantly recollected that having escorted lady mabel to the party it was his privilege to see her safe home again bidding the footman keep the coach-door open he sprang into the house for his hat and in a moment was again seated by her side the lumbering vehicle rolled out of the praça and down the sloping street to the western gate of elvis as the guard there closed the gate behind them and shut them out from the light of the lantern they seemed to plunge into outer darkness 
lady mabel's nervous terrors came back upon her with redoubled violence the fosse under the drawbridge seemed a ravenous abyss and the deep road cut through the glacis and overhung by the outworks appeared to be leading down into the bowels of the earth the road too down into the valley was steep winding and much cut up by use and the heavy winter rains i have been so much on horseback lately she said apologizing for her fears and so seldom in a carriage and this is such a rickety old thing that you must excuse my alarm besides i do not know that antonio ever played the part of postilion before why the coach will run over the mules she exclaimed presently as it glided down a steep spot then springing up and leaning out of the window she called out in plaintive portuguese antonio my good antonio beware of that short turn in the road or we will all go tumbling down the hill together excuse my terrors colonel lil but some late occurrences have shaken my nerves sadly surprised at her unusual timidity lil tried to calm her fears and taking her hand endeavoured to keep it while he assured her that every portuguese peasant was familiar with mules and mountain roads from boyhood with a little laugh she struggling rescued the captured members saying i shall need both my hands to scramble out with when the coach breaks down or overturns whichever happens first and after this she was more chary of her demonstrations of terror to escape his demonstrations of protection if you doubt honest lobo's ability to drive you safe home said lil though i do not perhaps your own man may be more skilful what cut down my two yards of footman into a postilion exclaimed lady mabel on a mule too why he would rebel against such degradation it would be promotion said lil laughing to put a footman into the saddle and william would be of use for once in his life neither i nor nature demand usefulness of him his whole capital consists in being a tall footman who becomes his livery and he fulfils his destiny when both he and it excite the admiration of the elvis ladies the coach presently turned into the olive-yard and drew up before the old monastic pile without accident lil was surprised to see the inhabited part of the building brightly lighted up at this late hour old moody looking graver and more sour than ever was at the open door lil handed lady mabel out of the coach and she coolly took his arm showing that he was expected to hand her upstairs before taking leave of her moody followed them into the drawing-room and said abruptly well my lady will you have supper now certainly if it be ready by the by colonel lil i did not see you take the least refreshment at mrs shortridge's not even half a pound of sugar-plums like the portuguese ladies i followed your example for you yourself fasted i was too busy talking my best and my last to my portuguese friends said lady mabel but when and where did you dine dine said lil hesitating then recollecting his luncheon about two o'clock in badajos a spanish dinner i'll warrant at a spaniard's house she exclaimed throwing up her hands you must be faint with hunger why she added taking up a light and holding it close to him you do look pale and famished as if you had dined like a portuguese beggar's brat on a crust rubbed over with a sardinia to give it a flavor i cannot let you go away in this condition if you starve yourself so you will degenerate from a beef-eating redcoat into a rationless spanish soldier there is no danger of that lil answered but how do you happen to have a supper ready at this hour it shows what a slave of habit moody is because he has a supper got for papa and his friends every night he could not omit it though papa is far away and he knows that i never touch it but here he comes to announce it 
for once it is well timed and you must do it justice unless you would make both moody and myself your enemies for life supper is ready my lady said moody then grumbled aside to her if you wait a while longer it will serve for breakfast pray send jenny to me and then moody i will not keep you up longer said lady mabel for she was anxious to get rid of the old marplot they went into the next room to supper and she seated lil sociably beside her it was truly a tempting little supper-party without one too many at table lady mabel had now been long enough in the army to feel at home there why should she not like any of her comrades bring home a friend to sup with her especially when that friend is the pleasantest fellow in the brigade having or affecting an appetite she set the example to lil and urged him to make up for the meagre fare of the day the table looked as if lord strathern and three or four of his friends had been expected to take their seats at it and when she bid the footman hand wine to colonel lil he promptly placed three decanters on the table william mistakes me for colonel bradshaw said lil smiling as he glanced at them that is moody's doing said she he provides liberally one bottle for you and two for himself i suppose jenny aiken now came into the room very neatly dressed and evidently not at all surprised at her mistress's summons upon this lady mabel bid william go as he would not be wanted i have not a doubt colonel lil that you prefer a hebe to a ganymede infinitely said lil and i only wonder how great jove himself could differ with me then let jenny refill your glass that you may drink the health of the portuguese ladies to whom you said so many witty and pleasant things this evening i only translated them said lil bowing gaily to her may i ever be blessed with such an interpreter said lady mabel and i may without fear set up for a wit and she repeated some of the best things he had said in her name and seemed to enjoy them so much that lil who like some other people had quote, a heart open as day to melting flattery end quote, became almost as much charmed with himself as he was with his companion thus they amused themselves recalling the little incidents of the evening lady mabel turning satirist at the cost of all her friends not sparing even mrs shortridge in her attempts to play the rome hostess and ridiculing without mercy the commissary's awkward efforts at portuguese eloquence and politeness then recalling and laughing at the extravagant compliments paid her after each song she sung snatches of several of her favorite pieces but had the grace not to allude to constant my heart while lil longed for an occasion yet hesitated to tell her how much better he liked it than all the others in the midst of her extravagantly high spirits checking herself suddenly she said i see that you are surprised at me but not more than i am at myself have you ever heard of our scottish superstition of being fie that is possessed by a preternatural excess of vivacity no it is deemed the sure forerunner of evil at hand a sudden and violent death some dire misfortune perhaps a sad and final parting of of the dearest friends i own she added with a deep sigh i cannot free myself from this superstition of the country i will not share it with you lil exclaimed and you must shake it off what were life without hope and high hope too and seizing her hand he kissed it respectfully but with a fervour which indicated the direction his hopes had taken for shame colonel lil she exclaimed laughing while she snatched her hand away see how much shocked jenny is at this liberty taken with her mistress Lil had forgotten Jenny Aiken's presence. He turned to look at her, and the Scotch Hebe was plainly more amused than shocked at what she was witnessing. 
had lil forgotten also his appointment to-morrow morning at alcantara perhaps not but had sir roland hill now appeared and demanded his opinion of the andalusian levies lil would have told him that he had no leisure to think of him or them but all sublunary pleasure has an end supper was over and lil could devise no excuse for lingering here but the pleasure of listening to lady mabel who seemed willing to amuse him as long as he stayed after a pause divining that he was about to take leave of her she said suddenly what an unreasonable fellow sir roland hill must be because he cannot find any one to execute his delicate commissions half so well as you do he must be thrusting them all upon you does he take you for a popish saint endowed with pluripresence and able to be in andalusia at badajoz elvis and alcantara all at one time not exactly so said lil a good deal flattered at this speech he has indeed tasked me well at times doing other men's work but it is all in a good cause you know and i never objected to these tasks till now my lord i hear set out for alcantara early this morning taking bradshaw and conway with him yes they rode merrily off this morning said lady mabel in a gay tone a summons to alcantara breaks the monotony of their life here and they were eager to meet sir roland i hear that these conferences with his officers always conclude with a capital dinner that sallow major conway with his fastidious appetite and his calcutta liver will appreciate the excellence of the cuisine i have heard colonel bradshaw dilate with enthusiasm on sir roland's choice selection of wines papa too will meet some new people there which will give him an opportunity of once more undergoing his three years of siege famine and bombardment in gibraltar thirty years ago and of uttering a new addition to the expedition to egypt in which he will again put sir ralph abercrombie to a glorious death in the arms of victory they tell me sir roland too dearly loves these occasions for repeating his favourite lecture on strategy and grand tactics but you must have heard it so often that you can repeat it verbatim to me if you have nothing more entertaining to say i hope i can find topics more agreeable to us both said lil laughing and blushing but unluckily i have in my pocket sir roland's order to meet him there and have intelligence he is waiting for i am afraid he will have to wait i am afraid he will said lady mabel coolly for i do not see how you are to get out of the house now by this time moody has bolted barred and locked every door and window below hidden the keys and gone to bed in his usual condition he never can find them again until his head gets clear in the morning what exclaimed lil that respectable old man drunk every night not every night said lady mabel but have you forgotten in what condition he came back with us from evra true but i thought that an accident and more the effect of sickness than drinking he seemed quite sober when you came home and a graver and more sedate man i do not know oh he is a presbyterian you know and the more liquor he swallows the graver and more sanctimonious he becomes that may be still lady mabel i must find some way of getting out of the house already i shall be too late at alcantara i am afraid sir roland will not drink in your news at breakfast but if it be good it will come in capitally after dinner by way of dessert after dinner said lil hurriedly i must be there many hours before that then i am sorry to have kept you here so long i suppose jenny and i must keep watch by ourselves all night for i cannot keep those heavy-headed fellows awake awake and watching exclaimed lil yes awake and watching lady mabel answered if you could stay we would not insist on your sitting up with us i could have papa's room made ready for you 
and if i knew that you were asleep in papa's bed with your drawn sword on one side and a pair of his pistols cocked on the other i would not be in the least afraid afraid of what asked lil in astonishment of these robbers who go plundering and murdering all over the country by night said lady mabel her large blue eyes opening wide in well-feigned terror oh don't talk of them my lady said jenny with a stifled scream and an affected shudder have you not heard of them lady mabel asked in a tone of surprise i cannot say i have at least of any depredations here at elvas but we are outside of elvas to our sorrow and the monks great engineers as they have elsewhere proved themselves have constructed but a very weak fortress in this building our garrison is weaker still papa carried off his two most efficient servants william is a simpleton tomkins a craven and moody though bold as a lion is an old man already bound hand and foot and gagged by his strong enemy but where is the portuguese part of your household lille asked being thieves in a small way said lady mabel we always at night lock them out of this part of the building while the robbers were cutting our throats upstairs they might be stealing our silver below we have an anxious time here i assure you it is as much as i can do to keep poor jenny from going off into hysterics she will not go to bed lest she should be robbed and murdered in her sleep it is lucky that i being a soldier's daughter have a little courage courage exclaimed lil i am astonished at your sudden timidity why there is a sentinel day and night here at headquarters but out of sight and hearing at the other end of this old rambling monk's roost said lady mabel mounting guard over papa's musty despatches and the fellow now there said jenny told me he could not quit them no not if we were robbed and murdered twice over i could scream now only that i am afraid the villains might hear me while lil looked suspiciously at the maid not so good an actress as her mistress lady mabel glanced her eye at the clock apparent time called it one real time said it was two hours after midnight she felt sure of her game and need wear the mask no longer she had been acting a long and trying part and began to feel tired and now showed it by letting her terror subside into one or two little yawns which became her so well that lil never thought her more lovely than now when she was getting tired of his company it was high time to get rid of him but now a real fear came over her and she shrunk from his searching glance with unfeigned timidity still the thing had to be done so nerving herself to the task she stepped close up beside him and looking confidingly in his face said i am truly sorry to have kept you here so long and hope you will not find sir roland fretting and fuming at the delay of your news but i was so anxious to have your protection having just learned that these horrid ruffians are not galleros from the spanish band at batajos but some of your own regiment disguised as banditti lil started back one step in an instant from the fairyland of hope and love his eden of delights with every soothing and intoxicating influence around him he found himself transported to a bleak common stripped of his dreamy joys exposed to the ridicule of the enchantress and soon to be pelted with the pitiless jest of all who might hear of his adventure he looked at lady mabel almost expecting to see her undergo some magic transformation but there she stood unchanged except that there was a little sneer on her lip a glance of triumph from her eye an expression of intense but mischievous enjoyment in her whole air and what he had never observed before a strong likeness to her father striving quickly and proudly to recover himself lil said with admirable gravity 
you have convinced me lady mabel that it is my especial duty to protect you from my own banditti i will not leave you not close an eye in sleep while the shadow of danger hangs over you but he added slowly drawing near to a window and gently opening it i have observed that housebreakers always choose the darkest hours to hide their deeds of darkness for to-night the danger is over the moon is overhead and not a cloud obscures the sky we english may envy these southern nations their nights though not their days half a dozen nightingales were now pouring out their rival melodies in the grove looking out on the landscape before him its features softened rather than concealed by the sober silvery light he repeated how sweet the moonlight sleeps on yonder bank in such a night as this when the sweet wind did gently kiss the trees and they did make no noise in such a night troilus methinks mounted the trojan walls and sighed his soul toward the grecian tents where cressid lay that night while repeating these lines he measured with his eye the distance to the ground the comfort-loving monks had provided lofty ceilings and abundant air for their apartments under the scorching sun of alemtejo but in lille's angry defiant mood he would have leapt from the top of pompey's pillar rather than stay to be laughed at by lady mabel seating himself on the window-sill he turned and threw his legs out of the window for heaven's sake colonel lille what are you dreaming of i am dreaming that happy as ulysses i have listened to the siren and escaped her snares she had sprang forward as he spoke and now threw out her arms to draw him back he eluded her clasp and dropped to the ground on his feet but fell backward and did not at once rise again she shrieked and then called out in a piteous tone speak to me colonel lille for heaven's sake speak say you are not injured not hurt console yourself lady mabel said he rising slowly i have not broken my neck and shall not break my appointment and now i must bid you good-night or shall i say good-morning as lille turned he spied old moodie standing in the open gateway of the court with a light in his hand and knitting his shaggy brows he looked neither very drunk nor much afraid of robbers but trembled with rage on seeing lille's mode of breaking out of the mansion with a strong effort of self-control lille walked off without limping and was soon lost in the gloomy shades of the olive and the orange grove lady mabel had played out the comedy and now came reflection what had she done how would it tell above all what would lil think of her what were his feelings now and what would they be when the exact truth the whole plot was known to him every faculty hitherto engrossed in the part she was playing until this moment she had never looked on this side of the picture now bitter self-reproach womanly shame and tears vain useless tears filled up the remaining hours of the night jenny aiken's feeble attempts at consolation were worse than futile and she was sent off abruptly to her room for misconstruing the cause of her mistress's grief lady mabel found a little relief in remembering her father's injunction to play her part well and not fail of success she was hardly soothed even by the resolution she took to rate that father soundly for the gross impropriety he had permitted induced nay almost commanded her to perpetrate end of chapter eighteen